Hi guys, I'm Betsy. And I'm Kaylee. And this is the Nacho Mama Pod. Hey girl, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I am so exhausted for no reason. <laughs> or I guess maybe there's a reason. I, I definitely am going into a cycle and have had a few emotions this week tied with that. Um, but I'm okay. Just kind of feel like I'm on like the edge of the ticking time bomb. Other than the fact that we just obviously went through a chaotic Christmas <laughs> also. So you're allowed to be exhausted. It definitely was a holiday season. I had less plans than I thought my few plans were. Um, we were supposed to have some family come into town that didn't make it because their daughter got sick. So I didn't even do anything Christmas day. I just hung out and worked out and kind of made it to me. So it was nice because Christmas Eve was a little hectic for me, but I definitely had an easy, easy holiday season. I'm I'm not going to complain too much about how much I did. (laughs) How about you? How are you doing? Uh, I've been doing, it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. Um, I've been doing decent this week. I'm, uh, very exhausted as well. I feel like I'm still recovering from the weekend. We had a lot going on. We also had some plans cancel on Christmas day, but it was was kind of nice to get a little break. It was nice to have a little bit of a break. I was, I was sad because we also had to cancel this one last year. So, um, I hope that we will get to redo it. It's my husband's family. It's always, it's a smaller group. It's always a really nice time. So I do hope that we'll get to do something soon, but just didn't work out that way. Yeah. This time of year is crazy. And then with the world still in a pandemic and having to be cautious, it's really hard to do those family get togethers. Um, I definitely miss it. Sick. Like so many people that I know it's the wildest thing. It is. I came back from vacation and got a really bad cold. Um, I stayed home from work type bad cold, which is so funny that we took sick days on the same day. Like halfway through the day, I realized you were homesick. (laughs) Yeah, we like that. We're best friends. (laughs) I also never take sick days. Like I would rather go to work and be sent home than like just stay home for whatever reason. But yeah, last I Tuesday. That's part of the chronic illness thing. Like we always feel like we should go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, we both did take a sick day. I think last Tuesday <laughs> or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. so. Yeah. But, um, so we're both, I think, feeling better. So if we're coughing, yeah. if we're sniffling, it's just normal. <laughs> I feel like that's the um, telemarketer voice. We're just reinventing it to sound horrible because everyone's sick always. Yeah, you're just sounding a little extra sexy. Is that what you're going for? Like I smoked a six pack over lunch. Is, do cigarettes come in packs? I think I just merged cigarettes and beer. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, smoked me pack. a six pack. Clearly what? I'm not a smoker because I didn't even like lunch at that. Like, I yeah, like was really confident and I was like, I think you're going to let me go with this. And then when I edit this, I'll be like, what? No. Yeah. So might yeah. as well calm myself out a little bit. Yeah. Um. So you're doing okay other than that yeah. sickness and getting over it? Yeah, I think I I was actually thinking about this earlier today. And I think that like I'm a little bit getting used to what is my new normal right now. Yeah. Um, because I was I got like a, a really bad hot flash at two o'clock 
and I do every single day at like two <sighs> or two thirty. And I was like, okay, this is normal now. Like just flip on your fan. And, um, so I feel like a few weeks ago, it was like throwing me into a tailspin. Like I was just getting angry about it. And I was like, this is so stupid. Like, right. But I I think all just, this? yeah, I think I'm adjusting. Uh, but we'll see. I do have a doctor's appointment here next week, actually. Oh, exciting. Talk about my hormones. So. <laughs> Uh, did you ever deal with heat flashes prior to your hysterectomy or is that like a new thing in your life? I did occasionally when I would sleep and I did really bad when I was on Clomid. Like yeah. When I okay. I think you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like having regular, and it's not like, they're like short bursts right now. Right. So it's not even like, you know, I'm going into like crazy sweats for a while. Mm-hmm. It's like. I'm having like 15 minutes where I'm just like rosy as can be and just like really, really hot, which I guess is a hot flash, but um, yeah, but it goes away pretty quickly and we're dealing with it. It's fine. Yeah. It's part of but life, no, right? I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Our lives, unfortunately. <laughs> I, um, I get heat flashes now with my period, which is like so annoying because I feel like some of my symptoms before my period are feel kind of like pregnancy. Like I'm sensitive to smell and things like that as the last six months. And then I have my cycle. And then I also feel like I'm having like menopausal things. And I'm like, great body. Thanks for showing up with the hot flash today. Those hormones though. They're just all over the place. I think mine are just like, because you're in this weird spot in your life, we're just going to live in all the spots of your life. Enjoy. (laughs) You're welcome. We're here. Like let's, Let's see how many things we can do right now. <laughs> my my uh my hormones might be bipolar and have multiple personalities because I'm getting 13 year old Kaylee, 30 year old Kaylee, and probably about 65 year old Kaylee right now. Mine are absolutely <laughs> bipolar, which I think is just probably close is that to what hormones general. are? <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, um, what have you been doing to cope? Uh, <laughs> I think. Are you surviving? Yes, I'm surviving. I am. Um, I don't think I've had time to think about it lately, to be honest. Yeah. Like I have been, we were so crazy busy all through December and um, at least on this past weekend, we were really, really busy. So I don't know. I think today, like me acknowledging how I was feeling and just like being like, okay, this is going to be gone in a few minutes mm-hmm. through it. I think that's always like a part of my journey is like acknowledging my body, acknowledging what I'm feeling acknowledging it's not going to last forever and moving on. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's kind of important just to like, even the small milestones to recognize them because it is helping you like do it better for the next round. It is. Unfortunately, (laughs) a lot of those rounds. (laughs) I feel like I'm kind of a repetition a little bit. Um, I definitely am taking breaks from the gym or working out when I need to. Last night was a weird one because I was totally healthy enough for the gym I had a relatively good day. Like Sunday was rough for me and I still went and tried. And yesterday I was like, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm good all around, but you know what? I just, I don't want to. Yeah. And I realized the second time I snoozed my workout and I was like, okay, so this isn't, this isn't not for me tonight. I also don't want to sit in this chair and eat gummy bears because I shouldn't have these gummy bears. They're too addicting <laughs> for me. And so I was sitting there, you know, they don't make me feel great. And right. I can't put them down because they're sour gummy bears. And I swear they're the best pairing with wine. Do you love like candy like that? Like, are you a candy no, person? Okay. Not I'm at not all. not a candy person. 
there's like a few weird like I you, you couldn't talk me into buying like a candy bar I don't really like chocolate I like fruity stuff if I'm gonna eat it but there's like the most random candies once in a while I'm like I need that like salad gummy bears <laughs> yeah my grocery store by my house strategically like that is the pack of gummy bears they have at the register which to me it's super weird that they put the sour ones up there right I think they do it because I buy them out <laughs> This is just for Kaylee. I'm like, this lady only comes in when she wants a bath and a bottle of wine. And you know what goes well with that? Gummy bears. Every time. (laughs) A very specific (laughs) list of ingredients. Yeah. I like the driest of red wines and a bag of sour gummy bears. Like, I guess. Weird, I said that weird Christmas the other day. I would just kill for a glass of wine, like a real (laughs) proper glass of red wine and so my sister started sending me these things that like you put in wine have you seen those that they take histamines out or something like that yeah and um amazon has a couple different versions they have like wands you can stick in to your glass of wine and it supposedly like removes the sulfites and the histamines and then there are just do that always right i mean i think that a lot of times the sulfites are preservatives right yeah, probably, but I feel like there should be a common process. Like, if it doesn't change the like the quality profile, or the like taste of, yeah, can you always just take that out? Because I am a female and I have hormones, and that always is going to interact with me. Correct. <laughs> so I haven't bought it yet, but I will let you know if I do. Yeah, I feel like that's a really one that I highly encourage you trying. I would probably do it just on a daily. Yeah. Now this is so. This has been like six weeks since I've had any alcohol <laughs> that's so crazy I I, I think I feel guilty they I'm not sure mama pops no way near related to your quest of feeling better and not drinking but I do feel guilty we're like what you sipping on segment and then you immediately had to stop and I'm like trying to find like fun new you're doing drinks. a real good job honestly this one I don't know that I love but we'll what you sipping on Betsy <laughs> let's <laughs> tell them <laughs> so I'm drinking so it is called Poppy. Ooh. It's a prebio- prebiotic soda, orange okay. flavored. I think I've tried the like green and pink can. Yeah, I, I have the strawberry lemon, I think, also okay. I bought the other day. Um, it's okay. It's not bad. Um, I was worried it was going to be too sweet. Yeah. And it's not horribly sweet for you? It's, it is pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not horribly sweet. but it's not, not it's like drinkable not like orange soda sweet like okay. drink like orange pop or whatever so oh, oh man do you, do you say pop i do say pop okay this is my favorite thing <laughs> how do you know you're from the midwest because i say pop yes because i say pop <laughs> it's okay i my first travel job ever for work i was in virginia working at a hospital and they could not get over the pop thing because the first night they bought me pizza and they're like come help us I was like yeah I'll come carry the pop (laughs) you're gonna do what I was like carry the pop like oh man (laughs) that's just what it's called hello that's what it's called at least not everything's a coke no so what are you drinking um (sighs) (laughs) you guys can't see but I did a really cool presentation because my tart fruit ale that Betsy got me from her local brewery has arrived. I am on my last can, so I may oh, love it. 
You uh, love I it. Did bring them. Yeah, I drank them over the holidays and made sure to save one for the show because it's so good. And I have yet to break into my other ones, um, but I figured a light beer is probably better for tonight. So thank you. It is so delicious. Just so you guys remember, this combination is cranberry, orange, cinnamon, and cheesecake. Like, what? It's amazing. Um, I'm really excited. I have a milkshake one from Betsy. That sounds like completely mm-hmm. up my alley. Uh, my favorite that they make is um, a black IPA. Ooh. And it actually comes out, I think, at the end of January. And I told my husband, I was like, if I cannot drink beer by then. <laughs> that <would be> so, <laughs> sad. so sad. I know. I go down to, I haven't yet, um, but I usually go down to my favorite brewery, Kansas City, this time of year. And you have to because they make a peanut butter porter. And it, like, sells out so fast. And they'll keep it on rotation for, like, two months. But then they switch it out. And it's, like, kind of a happy surprise thing, you know. And they do it usually at least around the holidays. I need to go down there because it's hard to beat when you find your one beer. You're like, that is my thing. Yeah. Yeah. The the Black IPA, they only have, like, once a year, too. So it's, like, it'll be there for, like, a month. Yeah, like, literally probably a month. They might can it, too, and then we'll have to just buy out. Or, like, go get a growler so you can have a little stash on you or yeah. whatever. Are you uh, ready to jump into this week's topic? I guess so. I, <laughs> I guess. <clears throat> it's hard to talk about yourself. Like, I can talk about me as a... 36 30 to 60 second example but when you want me to actually like unpack it's hard it is hard and like making sure that I don't like forget anything and not just expecting that people know my story because a lot of people do not um so yeah we can let's get this party started let's get this party started I'll let you jump over jump in jump out do a little dance Make a little love. Down to say, that. that has to be a lyric to something. <laughs> I'm not creative. <laughs> I don't stop you, make you do something. We won't get to do it because I should have done it before the holidays. I had told the crowd that you were going to ho, ho, ho. Oh, okay. I was sitting here thinking about your gobble, gobble as you're like starting. <laughs> and I was like, she didn't ho, ho, ho. So you better give them a Christmas ho, ho, ho and get those nerves out before you jump in. <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Expectations blown. That's the baritone in it. I'm just, uh, I love it. Okay, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, it's cool. It's but cool. we would have missed out. <laughs> All right. Let's regroup. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like Kaylee throwing you a curveball. So that way you no, it's jump in willy-nilly. It's all right. Okay, so my journey started, I would say, when I was, like, 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, um, when I started my periods, I Mm -hmm. immediately, from the start, had really bad cramps, like, really Mm -hmm. bad pain every time that time of the month came around for me. Right. And, um, I mean, like, fetal position call off school like can't move out of my bed kind of pain pain that did you know that that pain was like worse than some other people or did you not talk I didn't really comprehend that I don't think my mom always said she had really bad periods too so it was like kind of a oh it's super normal 
like you'll probably grow out of it kind of thing Mm. and that's not the right way to live (laughs) and you have sisters did they have the same no none of my sisters did so I was just the unlucky one that's yeah my mom got it it's normal I'm just the one that yeah it works maybe yeah or maybe I have a lower pain tolerance or however however that works but yeah um like one of my very I don't have a ton of memories from Mm -hmm. like being younger but like one of my very distinct memories is my best friend at the time every single time um I was on my period I would have her shove her elbow into my pelvis and like (sighs) try and relieve some of my pain because like wow like I don't know if it was like the pain on it the pressure on it whatever but But it relieved it that is crazy so you're like please with all your power yeah with all your hurt me so I can have some relief dig your elbow into my pelvis and so I can have a little bit of relief oh man so crazy to think about how that was just like a thing and not like concerning yeah like like my my mom knew I mean obviously obviously it was not very concerning at all um but now if I ever heard somebody go I have to make my friend drive their elbow into my yeah. pelvis area because I hurt so bad in my period. I'd be like, that's not normal. Yeah. No, no nobody <laughs> else has that bad of cramps. Like that is not a normal thing. And so insane. I wish that I could have like understood that that was a thing. Right. Not that it, probably it wasn't understood. Have, it wasn't understood. And I don't know that it would have mattered to be honest, yeah. because, you know, by the time I started going to the gynecologist at, 17 18 probably I would say I have really really bad periods I have really bad cramps uh it's lot you know it's logged in my chart every single time that I have terrible pain and that was just it it was just a comment it was just super normal like I um I remember trying birth control very briefly Mm -hmm. I didn't like how I'm I'm really sensitive to like obviously I'm very sensitive to my hormones so I didn't like how it made me feel yeah. Um, so I did not stay on it very long. So were you in the Midwest growing up, like still small townish? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I have been in Ohio since I was five. Okay. So but this is all also in like small town, getting yeah. help, like it just limits the knowledge maybe a little bit even more. I would say so. Yeah. I mean so our town is directly between Cleveland and Columbus. So it is smaller town. Like, yeah. it's not like I'm going to a big city for my pelvic exams, but right. you think they still should know better, but obviously. So, um, I just dealt with it pretty much my whole life. Uh, I would, I think when we were around, when I was around 25, we started trying for a baby. Yeah. And, oh, do you want to trigger warning? Yeah, let's do a quick one. So I uh, just want to give a quick trigger warning. I am not going to talk about anything really intense or really deep, but I am going to talk about infertility. So if that makes you uncomfortable, feel free mm-hmm. to skip this episode. I will not ever take offense to that. Perfect. So you had really bad periods, but consistent hurtful periods from about 12, 13 until you were ready to try to have children. Were you ever on birth control at any point for any extended period during that? Very, very briefly. I think when I was like 
20 ish, I tried birth control just to see if it would help my periods, help my cramps. And yeah, um, I just, I didn't like how it made me feel. I, I don't remember it giving me a tremendous amount of pain relief either. Right. So for me, it like the benefits did not outweigh how I was feeling. Right. Okay. So you decide to try, is this a very, uh, specific intended plan to try to have kids or was this like a, I'm not trying to prevent. So we, uh, we, I got married when I was 24 and my husband is nine years older than me. Okay. Um, so I don't, I think that the very first time we kind of, we, we never, I don't think we ever prevented. I don't, I, I can't swear to that, but I don't remember ever like preventing. Yeah. Um, but I do remember like having a very, very faint positive pregnancy test mm-hmm. and um, unexpectedly, like I was a little late for my period and um, it ended up being a chemical pregnancy. But I think after that, we were like, oh, like we had a, should we just try for a yeah, baby is it, is it time now? Yeah. Is it, is it when we decide to have a baby? So we did try um, for a while um Mm -hmm. in in that span of time I think it was like I want to say like six or eight months I um saw my doctor my OB and I was Mm -hmm. like hey um we have been trying to get pregnant I'm having like kind of I was having kind of wonky cycles like some really long and some really short and um he's like actually our um our RE, our reproductive endocrinologist is here today if you want to talk to him and I was like oh cool like yeah let's most people they make you wait a year right so I was like yeah let's definitely talk to him well I hated that guy oh no (laughs) (sighs) I wish the people like I wish that wasn't so common for I know um so he let me, I just, it's, I feel like it's been so long. <laughs> and so it's been like, this has been like seven years ago and I've did block mm-hmm. out a lot of this. So this is like me like digging through my I memory. know, it's so hard. Um, so I, I know you tested my, like your, I think it's your AMH. Yeah. Like your, um, your egg count or whatever. Yep. And um, determined that and he did some other tests, whatever, and determined that he didn't think I was ovulating. Okay. So um, put me on Clomid, put me on progesterone, and um, was like, you know, come back, do the blood work, whatever, however that works. So I did six rounds of Clomid, and it made me a, a psycho. Like, it made me a crazy person. Like, I had crazy hot flashes. Um, my hormones just, like, were out of control, just very... Mm ragey and it was not a great time for me did you know that that was a possibility or was it just kind of like take this medicine and we'll fix you um I I don't think he talked to me about the side effects at all I I can't swear to it um but I was on like you know some like baby center like groups at the time and Mm -hmm. um you know you like are so optimistic so you join when you're you know, mm-hmm. the first month of what your baby would be. Mm-hmm. And um, you like make great friends with all of these people, not unlike Instagram, but yeah. 
Uh, so it was very like, singly purposed, though. Yes, y- yes, yeah. You were there to conceive a baby, um, and so I got pretty close actually on there with like I would say like five other girls, maybe four or five other girls, and it was like one after another just got pregnant, and the other got oh. pregnant, and then the next one got pregnant. And I was just like, and then one got pregnant with her second baby. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Oh, like, no. um, so there's, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. But it's hard um, to tell yourself that when you're going through it. It is. So, and you don't know better. You no. like, you don't think there could be an issue. No. Um, but since I had such a hard time with Clomid, um, we decided that we would not go any further in fertility treatments. Which is such a wise decision to I, know to prioritize yourself there. Knowing what I know now, especially. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, knowing that it would have been not viable for you and you could have just tortured yourself for so much longer. Tortured myself, spent thousands and thousands of dollars. Um my insurance did not cover anything. So everything we did would have been out of pocket. And so thankfully, like that was from the start before we even like started anything. That was one of our main things is we are not going to go into debt. Yeah. Trying to have a baby. I think a lot of people have to stop and have that conversation. Yeah. And it's so easy to waste everything on, on this dream. Especially like, I, I know I said this the one day, but everything you have when you are trying to conceive goes into that singular yeah. purpose. Mm-hmm. Every bit of emotion you have, every thought you have, every action you do, waking yeah. up at 2 a.m. to take the temperature of your vagina, like yeah. waking up and taking hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of pregnancy tests way too early. Take ovulation tests. I mean, every single thing that you do is with that end goal in mind. Yep. And every thought, every moment. Every single moment. And uh, that's just, it's insane. It's insane. Like your relationship gets put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Your own life gets put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, please. I appreciate you sharing. It's absolutely true. It's just there's a single purpose I I think that was a huge change for me when I started healing is I recognized that I didn't have that single purpose anymore because for so many years that's all I could think about and then I started noticing how many people are still there and you can like like it's the only topic of conversation for them and now I know I need to distance myself yeah it's 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 overwhelming I mean you don't even realize it because it's supposed to be such a joyous thing it takes over your life I mean it does um, so I think like three years into our infertility journey, mm-hmm. I was wildly, de- like I was depressed. I mean, there's yeah. no other way to put it. And I gained a bunch of weight and, um, I was just really, really obviously mentally struggling. So I started running Yeah, and I was like, just out of nowhere. I don't even know why, or if I just started doing like random five K's and then I signed up for my first uh, half marathon. And then I signed up for my second half marathon and I fully 
believe that my life was saved by running, by moving my body and um, realizing what I'm capable of. Yeah. Your body is doing something that most people couldn't dream of doing. Yeah. And like, while it was failing me in so many other ways. It was showing up for you there. It was. No, I I totally relate. I went through a, a, a running thing actually prior to my pregnancy and I dropped out of my first half because I was pregnant and I was so excited and so scared. But I was dealing with the infertility and I was so depressed and it was in a weird way, like a good way for me to reconnect with me because you're out on the road for two, three hours right. some days, like you can listen to music but you're gonna get in your own head and it it made me kind of like say hey I like you or I'm proud of oh my gosh look at this accomplishment yeah every single mile that you complete you're like holy cow I'm so proud of you look at you look at what you've done and like this is crazy I I'm strong I'm people are saying like people are recognizing that I I have a weird value because I'm doing this for me yeah so I believe that saved me for sure that's awesome um, during, I would say after, after that sometime, maybe a year or two, maybe not even, I don't, I don't really know what the time frame was. Um, we decided we were not going to pursue any other fertility. Um, yeah. I had, I looked, I'd considered, obviously I'd considered adoption. Uh, I didn't feel right. I, I now know that there's like some moral ethical things with adoption Mm -hmm. that I do not agree with. Um, But even then I had a really hard time with like the idea of buying a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I would have fostered. My husband had a really hard time with that. He, I don't think he would have done great with that. He, um, his emotion, he, he, I mean, obviously you'd get very attached, but like, I think he would have a harder time with a baby being taken away from you. I, I can do it. Yeah. I think I shared that with you. There's no way. Um, my, my best friend had offered to surrogate for us and oh, an amazing friend. she is amazing. And I, um, I just, I think a lot of, I like, I don't think I could put somebody else's body through that and yeah. it's not a guarantee. Like, yeah still you're and then she she would feel bad about it like it's just yeah. so many things to like weigh and there's so did many you consciously have that thought process when you're deciding on it or did you just like say no because you knew your gut said that wasn't the right I think I just said no because I and I don't even know that I said no flat out I think I you know I genuinely thanked her for it and just that I would think about it but Nothing ever felt right for me. And um, I think that was important. That was pretty much my general infertility journey. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it mentally, physically, everything. How long from, you see, you started trying to get 24 to kind of getting through like the surrogacy option. Like how many years was that? I think that like we came to, I would say I came to a pretty solid conclusion by the time I was 31, yeah. 30, 31, um, in my early thirties, 31 ish. Yeah. No, probably when I was 30, I started having, um, daily pelvic pain, like nonstop 
pain with sex, like Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty continually just was in some sort of discomfort, um, which obviously I know is not normal. Yeah. So, um, that year I did, I went and I talked to my OB and I was like, Hey, I'm having like a lot of pain when I have sex, like when just in general. And he said, okay, let's do an ultrasound and we'll see if we see anything. Yeah. And, um, so they did an ultrasound and, um, the lady, I, she, she was so rude my ultrasound tech. She Mm. was like, why are you here? And I was like, I think I have a cyst on, I think I have a cyst is what I said. Yeah. And, um, and I said, and I think it's on my left ovary. I'm pretty sure is what I said. And she said, how do you know it's a cyst? And I was like, I don't, I absolutely do not. But that is my best word. I think. Yeah. And she's like, and how do you even know where your ovary is? (laughs) I was (sighs) like, I think it's in the general area, but I was, I walked out there so mad. And she only took like two seconds with me, you know, put the wand up in there and took a couple pictures, you know, called it a day. Now mm-hmm. I will say I did have a couple cysts, but yeah. they were like nothing crazy. And uh, my doctor was like, more than likely they'll go away on their own. He said his, his exact words were, I can go in there and like melon ball them out for you if you want me to. And I was like, okay, that's oh, no, no. Don't let me inconvenience you and thank you for making it sound like a horrific procedure. Yeah, he he is a good a good doctor, a good man. But yes, that is not a great way to get get you to do anything. But he was like, pretty much we'd be going in for no reason because they'll go away. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So um I waited a whole next year, the whole next year until my next annual appointment. And I was having at minimum one cyst burst a month oh like like doubled over in pain like at the gym like I'd have to stop and like go and vomit like the pain was uh. so bad and finally my husband was like you have to go like this is this is he's the one who was like this is not okay yeah. they were just, it was getting progressively worse I was in I was bleeding like 20 days out of the month like <laughs> I would get done with my period and then I would be continually spotting pretty much nonstop. Wow. It was really terrible. Yeah. It sounds horrible. So I went back in and, um, I'm like, I'm having so much pain. And he's like, just when you're having sex. Right. And <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. Literally every day. And he's like, Oh, every day. And I was like, yes, I'm in constant pain. And that was the first time I think I've like advocated for myself. Like, no, like, no, you're not, you're not hearing me. I'm in tremendous pain. Yeah. And, um, he's like, okay, uh, let's do another ultrasound. And he's like, he asked me about my bladder and he's like, let's also test you for interstitial cystitis, which is also called painful bladder syndrome. If you don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay. Um, so we did that and I was, that was fine. Like I didn't have interstitial cystitis, but I had an amazing ultrasound lady the next time. Oh, good. She, um, she was gentle and she was talked to, talked to me and I bet she was in there for 15 minutes taking pictures. 
Wow. And um, so I went and I talked afterwards. We talked about it. And he's like, okay, um, both of your fallopian tubes are enlarged and they're closed. And he said they're, it's called uh, salpingitis. And I was like, okay. And he said, so um, we can, this, we basically have to do surgery to remove them if you want any chance of being pain free. And I was like, wow. okay. I was like, let's take them out. And at this point, I was 32. Yeah. And I said very specifically, at this point, if I still choose to be a mom, I can be a mom, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, you could still do IVF. He said, your uterus, you know, is still intact. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, while I obviously had closure, well, I didn't have closure. While I yeah. obviously came to peace with it uh, a couple years prior, that thought never went, like, out of my head. Right. Even in the surgery, you thought you could still. Yeah figure it out if it, if you decided yeah, if, to. if we wanted to do IVF it would have still been hopefully an option for me wow so um I went into surgery August 10th of last year to have my tubes removed and um when I came out of surgery uh my husband told me that he could, the, the doctor said that the only way I'm ever going to be pain-free is to have my whole uterus removed and that he could only get to one of my fallopian tubes. Wow. So, um, basically when he got in there, um, the whole, my whole left side was encased in what he called a cinder block. <laughs> so my ovary, my left ovary, my left fallopian tube my ureter, my bowel, and a main blood supply were all cemented together. Oh, my God. And um, they were all attached to my uterus with a large endometrioma. Wow. And um, obviously, my uterus had adenomyosis, too. So yeah. um, a baby never would have stuck in my uterus, ever. Wow. So Isn't it I crazy that like it's, like all that could be inside of you, just and just, they don't have any idea. Nobody has any idea why, like why all of these adhesions grow in the first place. Why endometriosis grows in the first place? Why these these adhesions grow, and then why they attack everything in your body? It's just so wild. And the fact that they can't know that that's going on in a time frame to help would be preventative medication or medicine rather than oh I just I stumbled upon all this and now I understand like it's it's not even just sad it's it's crazy it is crazy um and it's wild like yeah (laughs) um but I actually went into that surgery with a pretty good gut feeling like yeah. that I I actually said to Jim um if they have to do a hysterectomy I'm okay with it like wow so I think like intuitively I think I kind of knew um wow. so did Jim have to make that call for you or was it just like because you mean 
I'd say there's a main blood supply there. Like it, they had to yeah. take it out. Yeah, they couldn't actually um, even do my hysterectomy at that time. So that was in August. And oh, yeah, because um, you didn't have it till the holidays. Yeah, um, that was in August. And they did that surgery laparoscopically. So I had one tube removed laparoscopically. And um, when I went back into the doctor, they showed me the pictures and how bad everything was. And um, I knew right away. I was like, let's just take it out. And he said, he said, like, you're, you won't be able to be a mom. And I was like, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to be a mom anyways. Like, right. that does not look good. Right. And I was like, but if it's at that point, like my pain was so bad, like it was about pain management. Yeah. And um, so we scheduled, that was August. We scheduled my hysterectomy for November, um, the day before Thanksgiving. And so they had to do an abdominal hysterectomy because of how dangerous it was with the main blood supply there. And, um, I was sure I was going to die. Like I was, I was convinced that, um, that I was going to die and it was really hard, like so hard. You, uh, mentioned that before, how you had wrote a note. I did. You did die. And I, I still can't wrap my mind around like wrote my full full, like wishes like fully did not expect to come out of my search wow you're always so strong in the right sense of the word not because you had to be (laughs) the love and the, the heart you have makes sure that you do things the right way you're pretty impressive that's scary it was scary. So I obviously survived. <laughs> yes, thank goodness. I don't know where I'd be if you were in this world. Um, but he had said to me, my doctor said to me, he said, I bet as soon as we take everything out, you're going to feel like a whole different person. And um, I did. I um, So I had my surgery on Wednesday morning. And I was pretty drugged up all day. Yeah. That day, obviously, I did stay overnight in the hospital because it was open abdominal. And um, the I got my catheter taken out at midnight, and I was down to like just normal, like um, normal casual painkillers at after midnight. So wow. I was only on like really hard stuff for like not even twenty, like not even twelve hours, probably. But I was in nothing, a, people. Yeah, I was in a lot of pain. I mean, right after I do remember, like my husband wasn't able to stay the night, but he was able to be there with me uh, most of the day until yeah. he had. But um, I do remember at one point them asking my pain level, and I think I said a nine. And um, but like w- they got it managed really well, really quickly. Wow. And. Um, the next morning, I mean, I got, I had my catheter taken out. Yeah. I think around midnight they had me up and, uh, I took a shower on my own the next morning and, um, that my doctor came in and he asked me how I was feeling. And I was like, I was watching the parade because it's my favorite thing about Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I was like, I feel really good. And, uh, he's like, do you, do you want to go home today? And I was like, I would love to go home. And, um, he said, you're welcome to stay another night if you want. I was like, if I can go home and do this, I would much rather do that. So um, 
he said, well, okay, if you can fart. <laughs> if you can Let's make sure that, everything works. Yeah. So I, um, he had, they had me walking around. I was walking around the hospital and they were like, I cannot believe how good you're getting around. Like, I just wow. felt like stu- my husband actually said that I acted worse after my laparoscopic surgery versus after my full abdominal surgery. Just wow. getting six pounds of diseased organs out of your body will do a whole lot for you. Yeah. The pain you were in leading up to surgery. Yeah. The laparoscopic surgery was just like irritating the monster. Yeah. It was, yeah. I'm sure it was just poking, you know, what was in there. So wow. um, it's crazy that like, it, it makes logical sense. Take this out of me. I will feel better. But also you're just like, wow, I'm so glad that that, like that made you feel better. Yeah. And, but like, what if they would have found it earlier? Right. <laughs> I mean, That's I know what I'm saying it, preventative like medication. Like, I I constantly think I get like that's why I try to advocate to any young girl I know, especially yeah. because I'm like, I don't know if there's preventative measures because it's still so new in right. the knowledge sense. But knowing's not going to hurt you, <laughs> right? At least you'll be able to maybe figure it out a little bit better. Yeah. Or like go in armed with some sort of knowledge. Whereas you and I went in blind. Like, Or you don't finally get somebody to listen to you because you're in so much pain. It's all you can do to survive. Like, no, I would never have gotten that bad if I would have known. Right. Wow. So I do obviously feel better. Um, I think I still have some, I think I have endo. I mean, I know I have endo that I think got left behind. Um, particularly like is it like I don't know if it's your perineum your peritoneum what's it called I don't know I don't know you're like, so much better at stuff than me I just right agree. yeah the part right in between your vagina and your butt yeah <laughs> oh my god the stabbing pain point yeah I got yes. you I'm trapped yeah I yes. take point yeah so that I have like a, a lot of pain there um and I think some of the, like I think I have some bowel endo but um <sighs> But overall, I'm I'm a jillion, kajillion times better than I ever was. So, wow. um, and I don't have a period, which freaking rocks. I know. I like <laughs> I talk about my period all the time, and then I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I don't have one. <laughs> yep. it's a great thing, man. And you had almost a full year of like really doing better before you kind of started feeling downhill. You said right? Yeah, hormones yeah. are a nor- or more more recent nuisance. Yeah, I would definitely say uh, physically, I had like probably, I want to say I had six months where I felt like a rock star, like really, really well. Like my energy level was much higher in general and I just felt really good. Yeah. Um, But I definitely think, yeah, in the last, in the last probably three months I have been my hormones, but um, I think. I started getting like some pretty bad fatigue again, maybe like six months ago. And, um, it's, it's all tolerable because I'm not in chronic pain right now. Yeah. Um, I think that would, that makes it a lot worse, but I'm really grateful. (laughs) Yeah. What is your like future thoughts? Are you, do you have a goal that you still want to drive towards? Is it not 
a future main thought? Is that the blessing? Like, how do you kind of think about your body and going forward on infertility and your chronic illness? Um, first of all, I just want to say all of these things lead you to be incredibly grateful for your body. Yeah, it does. Like I cherish my body more than probably most people because it didn't always work well. It doesn't always work well still, but I'm really, really grateful for everything that I can do. Man, your body ran two half marathons. It ran three. Well, it ran ran two and three quarters. (laughs) With a cinder block in you. With a cinder block in me. And I am so. I guess it was a t-shirt. Yeah. Or an icon for the back of your car where it's like, I ran a marathon. I got lost. Whatever you should be like, I ran a marathon with a cinder block. In me. <laughs> Beat that. Yeah, I said I ran two and three quarters because one of them got stormed out. Oh no! Eight. So. Girl, you ran three. You do. <laughs> but um, I just do. I cherish the strength that my body has. How quickly I healed. I was able to. Um, I was able to run again. I think at five weeks in one day I was released I mean I still had a belly band on but and I was running slow intervals but I've never been more grateful to be able to move my body um than that so it was a journey to get there but I think that I know no I don't think I know that I'm so much stronger because of everything that I dealt with um especially infertility wise so yeah I have a chunk of the last 10 years that I cannot remember. I don't have like a great amount of recollection. And I think that that is probably one of my biggest regrets is that I uh, was so absorbed in trying to have a baby that it takes away the other aspects of your life. All the things that make you happy now. Yes. So I think, I don't know that I have a future goal at all except for the fact to enjoy every single moment that I have here like you do it so amazingly the mindfulness about living in the moment and cherishing the people you love is I I can tell you came from a hard place to get to that recognition I I don't I just I'm genuinely grateful for every moment like the people who are really um like really struggle with like aging and getting older I'm cherishing this so much. Like I didn't think I was going to live past 32. Like I just would like to say. I'm just so grateful. Like, sorry. I'm just, this is a, I love it. It is. I'm relatable. So, so did you know at any point going through this, that the person you've become would be such a influential person? to people with endo and infertility (laughs) or do you are you able to recognize that you are that I'm not I'm not at all yes you are (laughs) because I don't understand (laughs) it's simple Um, your goal there to enjoy your life and you truly doing it is like the most inspirational human you can see when you're going through the struggle I gravitated towards your energy because I I knew you could get happy again and before I could even verbalize, like, that's why I love you is because you make me better. It was, man, that girl, yeah, she's got, oh, she went through this. She's got it though. Look at that girl. Like, it's just, 
encouraging to see somebody come out and be happy and like truly be happy more days than not well I genuinely appreciate you saying that it's my intention with my Instagram was never um to be to influence anyone it was to I didn't see anyone my age who had had a hysterectomy who was dealing with going through these things there are plenty of us out there that I know of now. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not something that a lot of people talked about and it's not. So I think I went in search of a community like you do. Yeah. I mean, finding people, I mean, I remember like searching for like hysterectomy, hysterectomy in my 30 or like hysterectomy in my thirties or hysterectomy when I'm young. I don't, I don't even yeah. know anymore, but, um, it wasn't, something I found a lot of, like, I think there was one blogger I found randomly and, um, and I think it kind of just, uh, transpired into what it is. Like, I don't, I don't quite understand, but it is like just my normal life. And I love that people want to hang out with me. (laughs) Like, I know it's virtual, but I love that there are people who like, who I care about on there and that care. I genuinely feel like they care about me and, um, it has been so healing for me. Yeah. I, I was just looking for people who I had a similar story to, and it ended up healing me so much. I think it's a huge part of the process to not hide it, to feel proud of who you are because of it, to find people who are accepting and supportive and safe to talk about it. And then on top of it, to find people who value life more similarly, similarly, to how you now value life it is it's a really cool like life is so cool it really is I agree I I mean I know you don't always feel like it and um it's really hard to see sometimes especially when you're in the darkness like I know what the darkness is like I have been there yeah and you can't you can come out of it I swear yeah um and I want to take it back, even though I wish no, life was different sucked. sometimes. Like, <sighs> I still really like who I am now. Yeah. I I would not be the person that I am without going through all of the crap that I did. Yeah. Like, not even a little bit. So, um, I'm grateful for every second of it. Yeah. I, I know that's wild to say. Like, I'm grateful for years of pain. I'm grateful for infertility. But I really am. I am wildly grateful for my infertility because I don't think I would be the person I am today without it that's beautiful and I think for the first time in my life I kind of understand that so thanks for inspiring us all Betsy (laughs) (laughs) thanks for hanging out with my my weird life (laughs) so there's a weird correlation here but timeliness and maybe that was part of you know what's going on in your life but you switched your IG handle to kind of represent that change. I did. So um, I had been thinking about it for a while. Like, I think I even asked a few months ago um, on my Instagram if it was weird if I were to change it or whatever. And not that it should matter what anyone else has to say, but um, I had been thinking about it for a while because it's like I had started with um, the searching out for people who had had hysterectomy at my yeah. age. And um, then I searched out to the endo community a lot 
And then I found so many um, childless after infertility people. And then I'm in this really cool, like I'm in all of these communities now, like this in this child free community. And um, it's super cool. Like it's, it's really cool, but I didn't necessarily feel like I wanted to specifically relate to people without a uterus, I think was my yeah. whole point. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know if that matters, but it felt I like the that, right time to change it. I think it's beautiful. I think there's two things that we keep bringing up and I've been very good at consciously slowing down and kind of like recognizing things this whole week. I don't know why it's kind of where my brain's going, but the first thing is, is we're celebrating our life milestones. We joked about the period cakes. We joke about, you know, vagina, uh, confetti and things like that. But I think it's a really big thing to recognize that these are monumental steps in our life. And if I choose to get to a hysterectomy, there will be some sort of celebration for that part of my body and understanding that. And it's kind of what I kind of hear you doing with this, like even IG handles, like it served its purpose. There's a reason, a purpose, but that is no longer who I am and I get to go celebrate this next phase of me where I'm me again yeah yeah which is beautiful actually like really really true and really beautiful (laughs) it really is and I I think we've talked about it in weird circle ways about um, redefining ourselves finding ourselves being a new version of ourselves and that is my goal Um, there I hope at some point I still say I want to fix my lady part for me now that means pain management or deciding what my future is with endo but I still have a goal and for a while there I feel like my endometriosis defined me and I had to make a very conscious decision that endometriosis is part of me infertility is part of me but it is not all of me and for a long time one of those two things was my identity and it shouldn't be you're a powerful strong woman who yes. should not be defined by those two things you shouldn't be defined by an organ Mm-mm. not at all um i appreciate you sharing your story i know you're open for questions is there anything that you didn't hit on or any you know wrap-up thoughts you have about where you are outside of i'm happy that you're happy with who you are i don't think so i um I think I just really genuinely like thank you for caring, like caring about me enough to reach out and um, be like, hey, we're friends, <laughs> like we're friends idea. now. Or hey, <laughs> you want to do this podcast? I, I genuinely yeah. cherish you, Kaylee. I, I am really thankful for you. Like that's all I want to say. Likewise, I I appreciate it, and I appreciate you sharing your story with people. Um, cause I just, I don't think we talk enough. We're starting to have a voice and I love that, but I, I think there's so many different stories out there and yeah. like, until you slow down, you don't realize you're not alone. And that's the biggest thing for me is like, I needed a community and I want to keep being that community for others. Um, so I appreciate you. Thank you. In the upcoming weeks, um, I am so excited about our topics into movement and wellness because we both hit on how working out has saved us different stages of our right. journey and why we keep moving our bodies. And so in the upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about our relationship with wellness. We're going to talk about even putting the brakes on that journey at times for your body 
And then in a few weeks, we're going to get joined by somebody else really amazing in this community who focuses on working out. And she, uh, Rita, had endometriosis. And so, you know, we know we're not the experts and we know that we do what we like and what we feel good, but we're going to bring in some people so they can share their journeys and give us their advice from maybe a more of a clinical standpoint. So it's kind of exciting that we get a transition from like getting the the big parts of our story out, the parts that were relevant at the time out. Now we can kind of talk through how we started healing yeah. and coping. Yep. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be great. And um, yeah, this is, this is fun. I mean, today wasn't fun. I don't really like to tell my story. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hardest thing to do though. Like we're okay with being totally open books, but sometimes it's hard to be like, okay, I got to slow down and say everything and do it in the justice that I want my story to serve others. So I appreciate that. Um, Other things, Betsy and I will be dropping bonus episodes in the upcoming months. Uh, We both have talked through our home hormonal depression spills and things like that. And we realize there are times where we wish we had somebody. So we have a couple ideas of dropping some notes and things like that. So you guys can have a place to go to if you are in a low the messages we tell ourselves, we're okay with filling in. So we can tell you instead of you having to be your own self cheerleader. So really cool things coming down the pipeline in 2022. Oh my goodness. Uh, we're almost there. Three days. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, I, we had gone back and forth about new year's resolutions and I think we landed on, well, let me give background. Neither of us really do new year's resolutions nor Correct. potentially fully believe in them. But we also are two individuals have gone through a whole bunch of crap and are <laughs> looking for a year to continue to, you know, get to the next version of ourselves. So we talked about doing New Year's resolutions. We both said, hey, those are cool. They're not for us. What is one thing that you hope to focus on, be, achieve? Like if you think about who you want to be in 2022, what is that like step for you or what is your on your mind right now? Um, I think like w- focusing on probably just continuing self-improvement. I, um, yeah. I really want to start journaling. <laughs> yeah. I, I even got Anya um, sent me a copy of her journal, which is incredible. Like if you, you don't have it, you should definitely buy it. Yeah. Um, link it out for people. It's awesome. But the very, like first page is telling your story and I've had a really hard time getting past that first page and yeah. um I think that I just need to like sit and like dedicate myself to feeling it and um having that time and I think that that's what I'm scared of a little bit is yeah. like get deep into my feelings it's not my greatest strength um so I think that I I definitely need to do some of that and like deep diving into continue peeling back those layers of the onion yeah. What about you? Um, my newest slogan in life is I just want wellness or whatever that means for me. I, there's so much time. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to do this. I want to feel better. And I'm coping with the fact that it's never going to be that black and white for me. And so wellness, I want that to be mind, body, and soul. I want to continue focusing on the path that's going to bring me relief with my endometriosis. I want to continue working towards being kid free, but I also want to start being me again. And some of those things are like 
hey, I want to run again. I don't know if my sciatic nerve, if that's even a possibility, especially the run I want to do and how like big that is for your first introduction back. But hey, I want to try it. So my name is going to go in the lottery and I'm going to go try to run and give it a go. Like worst case scenario, I get out there and I'm running a slower time because I'm in pain than I should. Okay, well, I just don't get to finish. Like, yeah, but so still what incredible the experiences and like it it really dawned on me when I met this girl in Belize she was like why do you love my city and I said you know what I don't know if I would have loved that city if I wasn't a runner at the time yeah but it let me connect with me and then you know she told me about the cherry blossom 10 mile run and I was like that sounds so cool and I couldn't I couldn't drop it because I was like wow that sounds like me again but like me 10.0 right so I want to do things like that. I want to travel. I want to work out. I want to not overdo it, but I want to find like the things that define who Kaylee is, not just surviving life. That's a pretty mighty goal. It is a a mighty goal. That is. Um, (laughs) The one just throw on world peace and yes, I would love some world peace. The one thing that I like have thought of numerous times is I don't even know where I read it, but someone said it one time or posted it um is if it's not contributing to your wellness it's contributing to your illness yeah and um that's like a really powerful mantra to me especially in this like phase of my life where I'm you know I'm really trying to get my wellness under control yeah I mean hormone mentally hormonally whatever um so I think that that's just a really powerful statement it is it's making me value me, value my life, value my passions over my sickness, eliminating the things that don't serve me and building a community around me that not only supports me, but brings me happiness. It's pretty beautiful to get there. I don't think a lot of people actually get to. No, but we are going to. Yeah, we are. So uh, (laughs) we won't be back with you all until the new year. Thank goodness. It's only a couple days away. Um, But January, we're super excited to engage with you all too. So there'll be a lot of things coming down the pipeline. Um, hopefully, you know, some time to travel to even like meet each other and do some cool things with Not Your Mama Pod. So I'm super excited for next year. I appreciate us kicking this off this year and kind of getting our footing because I think it'll be a really cool experience going forward. Yeah. And we love you guys so much. So much. Um, do you want to sign us off and tell them how to connect with us? Because I don't do this sauce. Yeah. <laughs> She's you like, I can love this. <laughs> not your mama pod on Instagram. Yes. You can leave us a voice memo on Anchor. Yeah, you should do that. You should subscribe and rate us and review us and all of the other things. Like, subscribe, share. Act- this has been the best episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. (laughs) Not your mama pod. See ya. Bye.